The H Factor. Humility and leadership. Do those two words go together in a sentence? What is humility? Does humility make leaders weak? Let's talk about it. The truth is we see humility as something that is like less than, or we have to bow down, or it's it's lower than. And in all of the research over the last two decades suggests that it's not that, that all it is is a proper perspective, a proper perspective of ourselves. So really understanding who we are, whether it's our strengths or our weaknesses, it's a proper perspective of understanding our relationship with others. Greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Is Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3, with my special guest, Matthew Sulchik. Uh, Matthew is a professor of leadership development at the University of Florida. Dr. Matthew Sulchik has been teaching for over 20 years and is currently an assistant professor of leadership development at the University of Florida. Uh, Dr. Matt serves as a faculty member for the Challenge 2050 Project, a program aimed at developing human capacity and leadership to meet the challenges of a growing population. Hey, welcome, Matt. Thank you so much. It's so, so good to be here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, It's definitely our uh, plum, please, and pleasure to have you on the Leadership Is podcast. So besides, you know, the little bit that I have uh, shared with our audience of who you are, you know, can you tell us who, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, thank you so much. You know, I, I really appreciate that introduction. I think teaching is a really big part of what I do. So I, I appreciate you starting out with that. I, I do some consulting working for wonderful companies over my, my time, Mohegan Sun Casino, eBay, you know, certainly Florida departments uh, of agriculture, just, just wonderful places to go in. I just recently wrote a book, which I am so, so excited to talk about, but probably who I am at my core is, you know, a, a father. Uh, I have two amazing boys who I adore. I always tell the story when I start out, you know, when we had two boys, um, two responsibilities became mine really kind of quickly in fathering. One of them is the birds and bees talk, which I am so excited to give them when they're 45 years old. So I look forward to doing that. And then the other one was potty training. And I, I remember when my my youngest was three, I did all the research and I engaged and I, I just as any professor would do, I, I, I asked questions, I tried to find it out. And I found out the best way to do that is to go in, toss some Cheerios into the bowl, have them aim. So I did that. I gave him my best Tony Robbins speech, had him walk across coals, said, we're gonna do this. And my, my first son, you know, he 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 went in and he delivered. He aimed at those Cheerios and he delivered. I felt like father of the year, like I earned my number one dad mug. And then when my second son came along, I thought, you know, I'll do the same thing. Took him in there, same Tony Robbins speech, excitement. And I put those Cheerios in and boom, he reached his hand in and he ate them. And I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is happening here? And I'm so happy here to talk to you because I think that's what we're talking about, the complexity of, uh, of human behavior. And we're talking about leadership and we're talking about humility. So thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That's an awesome story and ill, but yeah, that's an awesome <laughs> story. <laughs> so listen, your book is The H Factor, Exploring the Intersection of Humility and Leadership to move from good to great. So if you can, you know, what is, um, you know, what is the, 
relationship between humility and leadership? And in fact, what is your definition of humility? Oh, I love that question. Thank you so much. And yeah, I, I really became passionate about uh, a decade ago with this idea of humility. And it happens um, kind of a personal story. I was sitting and watching the X Factor show and, you know, there was a, a, a singer who came up and he sang the song beautifully. But then he came up and he was really arrogant to the judges. He, you know, he said to one of the female judges, hey, lady, what do you want? And stuff like that. And, and I was kind of taken back by their response and their their response was even though you're really great at singing humility is so important and i felt at that moment that that was really true but it was amazing like they gave four yes votes no matter how arrogant he was and that took me off guard like how little our society appreciates the power of of humility in this and then i was reading jim collins's book again and he he says in his book the X factor of great leadership is not personality, it's humility. And it really resonated with me in these two cases that humility is so important. And yet, even with, you know, Jim Collins selling good to great, I think he sold 3 million copies, 4 million copies. We still don't appreciate humility in our leadership. So I kind of set out on this 10 year research adventure, asking people, engaging with people. And what I found is that the truth is we see humility as something that is like less than, or we have to bow down, or it's it's lower than. And in all of the research over the last two decades suggests that it's not that, that all it is is a proper perspective, a proper perspective of ourselves. So really understanding who we are, whether it's our strengths or our weaknesses, it's a proper perspective of understanding our relationship with others, how others need us, and how we really do need others. And then it's a proper perspective of connecting to something bigger than ourselves or the people in our immediate circle. And that could be spiritually, but it also could be just our purpose and our passion and connecting to that. And if you do those three really, really well, you have the humility to be able to set a foundation for all the other leadership lessons you're going to learn. So that becomes really kind of important in this process. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. 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 So then... With that being said, you know, what is your definition of leadership? Mm, I love that. And there's there is as many definitions as leadership as there are people writing on it. And I love that. I love a lot of people get frustrated around. We don't have one common definition. And I don't think that that's necessary because the truth is we all know leadership when we see it. My definition is one that I got from a mentor of mine many years ago. It's a process. And I think leadership is a process. I don't think it's a stagnant thing. I think it's a process of leaders and followers working towards goals together in a particular context shaped by values and norms. And that would be my definition, because I think it's a real action and fluid based process. Sometimes you're the leader, sometimes you're the follower, you kind of go in and out of that. And you're usually working towards some goal. Most people you like John Maxwell would suggest Leadership is changing, nothing more. So the goal is changing his, his mind. But I do think we have context and, and we are impacted by those values, those morals, those cultural pieces that we have in that process. Yeah. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Excellent. Excellent. So um, as it relates to humility and leadership, you know, I guess, um, do you have any like examples of what that would look like and what would be the effect of humility in leadership in organizations? 
Yeah, those are two really good questions. I think the first is, uh, you know, where do we see humility and why is humility kind of important? Why should we be focusing on it? And I'll tell you this, it just makes sense if we think about it. If your audience just takes a moment and thinks about it, you know, first of all, there's this idea that, you know, can companies really use humility? Can they can they grow? Can they be better out of humility? Or do we have to be kind of that individualistic cutthroat nature? And here's what I would say to you is that the best companies out there are switching already to this idea of humility. Companies like Google, and, and I'll tell you this, it's it's about 12 times harder to get a job at Google than it is to get into Harvard University. And that means that they are getting some of the smartest people to apply for their jobs. And in the 90s, there was this practice where they would ask ridiculous questions, questions like if you were shrunk to the size of a nickel, how would you jump on, out of a blender if it was if it was on? Or questions like how much does the Empire State Building weigh? They would ask these kind of questions, believing that if they could pressure someone in that moment and they would crack, that would indicate whether they were a good employer or not. There's this amazing human resource. He's the vice president of human resource uh, for Google, this Laszlo Bach that I got to talk to and put into the book. And he, he had suggested to me that they did research around this and found no correlation, no relationship between who they were hiring and their performance based on these questions. So in 2001, he decided we're going to completely change Google's process for hiring and in fact, change the entire culture to focus on one thing. And that one thing was humility. They started to ask questions to figure out intellectual humility and, and whether these smart, smart people could be humble enough to work with other smart people, because you know this, if we have really smart people and they're not able to work together, we're not using our collective intelligence in this process. So what they found is that from their research, that they were getting better teams, teams that felt psychologically safe because of humility. And you find this not only at Google, but you find this at Zappos, you know, the best wineries in the world, uh, the, the Kellogg Company, Worldwide Technology, Teach for America, all of these places, especially Zappos, have started to include humility as one of their core values. And build their culture around it. And that became really, really kind of important. And then what we found is that the research followed. Research shows that there's a relationship between humility and accurate perception, humility and diversity, humility and creativity, humility and emotional intelligence, teamwork, performance, intuition, all of these things, if you have humility, it makes them stronger. And what I argue in the book is it's not just I want to have good leaders. But if you really want to take that next level to be a great leader, you have to pair anything you're learning with this idea of humility and really learn that. And kind of the final piece that kicked it off for me is that all the best thought leaders in the world, people who are writing on leadership from the practical setting, people like Warren Bennis and Daniel Goldman and Stephen Covey and Simon Sinek and Adam Grant and John Maxwell, all of them endorse just one quality. And then one quality is kind of humility. They all say different things about different stuff, but they all have at one point or another said humility is really important. And then when we finally get down to it, if we look at all the world's religions, there is one characteristic that no matter what religion you believe in, humility is an important part of that. So as we start thinking about this and we start thinking about 
you know, is humility important? There are very few traits that are endorsed by Google, endorsed by Moses, endorsed by Dale Carnegie, endorsed by Ben Franklin, and that consistently is humility. We just we just have not embraced it the way we should. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of um, some, a book that was written by Patrick Lencioni, The Ideal Team Player. And one of the three components of being an ideal team player was humble. In fact, he had humble, hungry, and smart. And humble, of course, is one of the um, you know characteristics of the ideal team player. Why do so many leaders, you know, may think of humility as weakness. Lincioni is amazing. I mean, he's amazing. And I, I'm so happy you brought that up. I actually talk a little bit about that in the book because there is this idea of collective humility. So what they suggest is if you can get enough of your folks to embrace humility, this social contagion happens where you can start to influence other people in your organization and have a culture and if you have a culture, Lynch Leone suggests, and other people like Owens and Heckman who've written on this suggest, it leads to focus on performance and increased performance. And it, it stops competitiveness and it actually gets away from the silos that we often find in organizations. And, and Lincioni, as you said, actually said humility was the most important of the three. Now, to answer your question, the reason, the reason why we don't focus, there's a number of different reasons. First, our society is absolutely focused on perfection. And we're only getting worse with that, whether it's social media and putting the best self out, or even, our, you know this, uh, Jason, even our field of leadership consultants, often the narrative goes like this. You know, I wasn't a really good leader or I wasn't a really good person, but all of a sudden I figured it out. And if you buy my training or if you buy my workshop, then you could be the perfect leader too. And we both know that there's no such thing as a perfect leader. And that it takes a lifelong learning process and you're going to make mistakes. And those mistakes make you unique and wonderful and help you do the one thing that I think is so important, which is growth. And you get to that growth through those mistakes, through those failures in that process. So we have to stop promising this idea of if you just take this one course or one workshop, you're going to be perfect. But what you will do is you'll make mistakes, you'll learn, you'll grow, and hopefully be a better version of yourself. Another reason I think is, uh, you know, most of leadership comes from a Western perspective. America owns you know, leadership. And we put out more leadership books than anyone else. We put out more leadership theories than anyone else. And that Western perspective is ingrained with this idea of individualism. And, and our individualism says, you know, I can have the American dream if I just work hard enough by myself in that process. Instead of saying a collective, you know, process perspective will help more. So that certainly impacts it. I think another reason is that we often evaluate leaders way too quickly. So if you think about the politician who only has two years to then get reelected or the football coach who only has two seasons before they're moving on, or even the business leader, the CEO, there was just a, a research article two years back that suggests the average kind of tenure for a CEO is about six years. Imagine what you have to do to get profits up, money up, wins up, you know, get reelected in the short term and sacrifice that long term. So our evaluation of leaders really lacks humility. And then finally, our business schools, our best leadership programs, 
there is no mention of humility in them. We talk about things like emotional intelligence. We talk about things like trust. We, we talk about things, you know, like end profit, but we don't really ground it in this idea of humility. And I think those four reasons are the reasons, even though we know humility is important, we don't often sell it because maybe we just don't think it's sexy enough. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, uh, Dr. Salchik, for our um, audience, can you give our audience three leadership tips? Mm, I absolutely can. I absolutely can. So a lot of getting at this humility and a lot of understanding this humility, it, there's three kind of components to this. The first tip I would suggest is it is really, really important to understand that we are, in fact, imperfect. We are, in fact, incomplete. And we are, in fact, impermanent in this process. And we talk about understanding ourselves. There is too much out there that is trying to sell you right now this idea that there is a perfect leader and that you should be that perfect leader. I, I ran across a LinkedIn post the other day that said something to the extent of if you don't return your shopping cart, you can never be a leader because if you're too big to do the small things, you're too small to do the big things. And, and I get it. And it's catchy. And a lot of people liked it. The problem is this is I haven't returned my shopping cart. I've had kids. I've had babies. It's been raining. It's, you know, I think when we set up this idealized, you know, you have to be perfect to be a leader. We get away from the idea that there's really good leaders. Every one of us is a really good leader that has imperfection. And this idea that we're incomplete is so important because right now there is about i think the number is close to eighty-seven thousand sanitarians on the planet that means people who are uh, you know a hundred or older and that number is supposed to go up to like five thousand over the next 15 years so the chance that you're going to live to be a hundred it, it, it's there's there's a good chance so if you think about that if you're going to live to be a hundred your age right now is how far you've downloaded i'm 44 years old I've only downloaded 44% of my life. There, like if I was looking at my computer and it was only downloaded an app 44%, I would be like, this is taking forever in this process. We have so <laughs> much more to go. We have so much more to learn. And you never stop learning until the day that you're no longer on this planet. And that's something that's important to really remember. So continue to go out there, continue to learn, continue to fail, and then grow from that process, reflect from that process, have meaningful steps that makes you better in that process. And the final kind of tip that I would give you as you're thinking about this and thinking about leadership is this process that other people really, really matter. And, and we often feel once we get into that leadership role that we are the end. You know, the buck stops here is often the, the famous saying, but you're, you're not. The truth is leadership is this blessing, you know, is this opportunity. You're not the end. You're only a means to the organizational end, you're only a means to other people's end at that point. You're helping and engaging people, caring about people to reach that better and bigger collective end. And I often give the example, if you think about Undercover Boss, what a what an interesting show. They you know always get the, the CEO to dress up crazy and he goes in and then he's shocked that people in his organization really do meaningful work and he's not able to do that work. And and, and I think the best part of the show is you see at some point the humility of the leader in which he realizes, man, everybody matters. And I can't just make arbitrary decisions on healthcare or arbitrary decisions on, you know, management styles or the way I do or engage with people. 
because these people really matter. And that's that's an important piece is that we have to get to a place where we move from kind of transactional relationships, just relationships that says this person works for me and they have to work for me because they're getting paid to a place where we really truly understand that every individual matters. And if we can collectively get everybody on board, our passions, our purpose will extend far past where we ever thought they could. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sauchik. So uh, how can our audience get a copy um, of your book and, you know, how can they get, you know, even your consultancy? Oh my gosh. That's so nice. You know, I, I would just like them to get my friendship. That's all, you know, you don't have to buy a book. You don't have to bring me on, but just talk to me about this stuff. I'm so passionate about it. I've been blessed to be able to do this my whole life at the University of Florida and teaching students, but I love talking to people about leadership. Uh, the book will, you know, do what the book does, the consultancy, but I just want to make better leaders. That's my, my passion is this education piece. So I have an Instagram. Uh, it's my name, Matthew.Sauchik. I post stuff on there all the time. Secondly, my email is Sauchik, S-O-W-C-I-K, at U-F-L.edu. And if you're really interested in the book, it's going to be up on Amazon uh, the end of next week. So certainly look for that. And I could not be more excited about seeing how it does and being able to engage with your audience. And Jason, um, I feel like we've made friendship here that's going to last a really long time. And I look forward to working with you for a long time to come. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the same here, the same here. Um, so, Dr. Salchak, uh, the, the last part here is uh, what are, you know, what's the closing comment that you would like for our audience uh, to take away uh, from this uh, engaging conversation that's been had today? Yeah, thank you so, so, so much. Um, you know, if you get anything out of this, I hope you get this, is that leadership isn't this big you know, arbitrary thing out there that people sell and talk about that makes it seem unreachable. It's really very reachable in the humanity and humility that we have in ourselves. And if you really take the steps to understand humility at the foundation of it, if you engage with your humility, everything else, every other leadership book you, you read, Every other tip that you get will build on top of that humility and help you be not only a better leader in your organizations, but there is so much research that suggests families and spousal relationships increase tenfold from this process of engaging with humility. So if you can do anything for yourself today, be a little bit more humble, go out and learn that idea of proper perspective of self, proper perspective of others, and a proper perspective in what you're connected to on a much larger level. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Salchik. And always know that this door is open for you uh, to be on the Leadership Is podcast and looking forward to uh, diving into your book, you know, um, that's talking about the H factor, you know, the... Um, uh, exploring the intersection of humility and leadership to move from good to great. So thank you for incorporating all of that mm -hmm. in that book. Looking forward to having fun flipping the pages of that book. I love that. Thank you so much, my friend. Yep. Take care. Hey, thank you for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast Season 3, Episode 3 with my special guest, 
Dr. Matthew Sauchik as he talked about the H factor, exploring the intersection of humility and leadership to move from good to great. And he gave us three excellent leadership tips. Number one, understand we are imperfect, incomplete, and impermanent. Imperfect, incomplete, and impermanent, which means that, you know, we all have room to grow. We still have room to grow. That's what I've always learned is that the biggest room is a room of improvement. The second leadership tip he gave us was to continue to grow, right? When you think that you have made it, that's when you start the process of going backwards. Continue to grow. And his third leadership tip he gave us was other people really matter. Other people really matter. That's really about being considerate. It's about service. It's about leadership. And on episode uh, two, season three, episode two, with my special guest, Miss Donna Cutting, she talked about this as she was relating it to employees first, right? Why leaders should embrace a mindset of leadership first. I mean, uh, uh, employees first, pardon me. And so, you know, excellent leadership tips here uh, by Dr. Sauchik. Uh, if you would like to know more about, you know, JM Leadership Development, please do not hesitate to reach out. Uh, you can call us at 828-333-7234 or send us an email, thejasonamohammed at gmail.com, and we will respond promptly. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.